Please stand with us and sing. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore you. Good morning. Welcome to worship on this beautiful Sunday morning. It is wonderful to have you all here. Hopefully you are all adjusting well so far to the time change. And I do want to let you know first thing that yes, I do have a cold and no, it is not COVID. Okay, but I'm wearing a mask just to be safe. 
Um, but I also, yes, same for Walter. Um, but now, friends, the peace of Christ be with you all. And let us greet one another. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And now let us gather in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit and bless us with your power as we worship you this morning. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. All right, kiddos, you guys ready for a children's moment? Okay, so we have to talk about something today. It's something really interesting. We're going to talk about something that's spelled T-R-U-T-H. What did I just spell? I didn't yeah? know. What did I spell? Truth. T-R-U-T-H. We are going to talk about telling the truth. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think that telling the truth is an important thing? Yes, but not all the time. Because sometimes if you tell the truth, you can hurt somebody's feelings. Oh, that's an interest. You said yes, unless you're telling the truth means hurting somebody's feelings. So if, if you don't like somebody's outfit and they ask you if you like their outfit, you're, you're not going to say, oh, I think your outfit's terrible. That's what you're kind of talking about. You don't want to hurt their feelings. Okay, that, that's, that's correct, but that's a different kind of thing that we're not going to talk about today. First, we're just going to talk about when somebody asks you a question, when somebody asks you, say, if you did something or if you didn't do something, Jesus actually talks about that. Jesus says that we should let our yes be a yes and let our no be a no. Now, has anybody ever asked you a question and maybe you've said something like, I swear to God that I'm telling the truth. Have you ever said something like that? Well, you know, so the people used to say that in the time of Jesus. They'd say, I'd swear on my mother's grave that I'm telling the truth or I swear to God that I'm telling the truth. And Jesus said, you really shouldn't do that. He's like, you should just always tell the truth Except for maybe some extreme circumstances, you should always tell the truth, and you should let your yes be a yes, and let your no be a no, and if you're always telling the truth, then when somebody's not sure, they're not going to be have to be like, are you really telling the truth? And you're not going to have to be like, I swear, because they will just know that you are a truthful and an honest person. So I want us to think about this today, okay? As we go on with our lives, it's a really simple lesson, but it sometimes can be hard to practice. Jesus tells us that we should tell the truth. Let our yeses be a yes. Let our noes be a no. So when your parents ask you something, even if it means that maybe if you answer the truth, you might get in a little bit of trouble, Jesus likes us to tell the truth. And do you guys want to know a little secret about parents? You want to know a secret about parents? Us parents, if you tell us the truth, and even if you did something wrong, you're usually less likely to get in trouble than if you lie about that. Isn't that true, parents? Uh-huh. If you tell us the truth first, you're less likely to get in as much trouble than if you lie. So I want you to remember this. If somebody asks you something, do you maybe tell them the truth or do you tell them the truth? Tell them the truth. Let your yes be a yes, Jesus says, and let your no be a no. And then everybody will know that they can trust you. All right, we're going to stand and say a prayer. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, I ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon these children. Bless these children. Give them your wisdom and your strength. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. And you can go off to Sunday school. Go, my 
children with my blessing never alone. Waking, sleeping, I am with you. You are my own. In my love's baptismal river, I have made you mine forever. Go, my children, with my blessing, you are my own. All right, and now, friends, if anybody has any announcements, you can come forward at this time. And I will just announce that after worship, we do have our annual meeting. So if you are a member, we really need you to stay after worship because we need a total of 45 people in order to meet a quorum. And that's the only way we can continue to pass our budget and all that fun kind of stuff. So make sure to hang out after worship for our annual meeting. Uh, good morning. As part of assessing our church's assets, uh, the trustees are collecting ideas on improvements that could be made to the church. I know there's a lot of different eyes throughout this building. So if you have any ideas or thoughts, I think someone might have been giving Joyce one this morning, and I know I've collected a few, but in the Zionite there was an article, and there's actually a, a special email, ideas, and it's at Zionton, U-C-C, T-O-N, and uh, you can send me your emails that way or just talk to us in person. Thank you. Happy birthday. Nice. Good morning. It is that time of year again for Easter flowers. How fun. Um, so in your bulletin, you'll find an order form. We kept the price of the flowers the same. Believe it or not, there's even an issue with getting flowers from greenhouses, um, supply demand and all this other kind of good stuff. So we kept the price the same. Um, you can put them in this box. You can order the flowers online through Breeze, or you can come see me starting next week um, during cook hall between the services. And then you can also give Lori and I some more suggestions, which we got a couple really good ones today. Thanks so much. Good morning. Um, in the bulletin, it talks about a love language class um, that's on the 27th and April 3rd in between services. Um, so I made a little video that we're going to show, and it, it's going to explain uh, what we're going to be doing, okay? Five Love Languages is created by Gary Chapman. This video is to teach an introduction to our upcoming Love Languages class. The Love Languages are about intentional love, sacrificial love, and love by choice. Not only for romantic relationships, but all of our relationships, even with God, especially with God. Here are the Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. Research teaches that each person perceives love in a distinct channel. When someone shows love to you in your love language, you feel seen and heard. The key is knowing what is your love language. First, go to your computer, go to Google, and then type in five love languages quiz. 
After completing 30 questions, you will get your results. This will reveal what your love language is. Here are mine for an example. How do we then put the love languages into action with God, a spouse, children, the workplace? Come to the love languages class and we can all learn together. And now it is time for us to light our peace candle. And many of you know, or many of you even were present or were present with us online, but on Friday we had a Pray for Peace, Pray for Ukraine prayer vigil with all of the Western area, Ebenezer United Church of Christ. And one of our prayers was a prayer for peace, focusing on Ukraine, but also a prayer for peace in all the world. And so we are going to say this prayer as we think about Ukraine, as we think about all of those in war-torn parts of the world, and as we continue to pray for peace. Sometimes it seems like all we can do is pray and we feel helpless, but praying is not nothing. Remember that. Praying makes a difference. We can lift our prayers and our prayers can be felt. So I will light this candle and pray this prayer from our peace service. God of mercy, we pray for Ukraine, for all of humanity distorted by war, for all of the lives lost, homes ceased, and peace broken. May the spirit of comfort and compassion envelop all who dwell in fear. May the spirit of wisdom and humility enliven our global leaders. May we affirm the dignity and the rights of all. May we seek peace. Through Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. And now the opening litany. <clears throat> one thing I ask, one thing I seek, just one thing. Now <clears throat> in the house of the Lord, all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple, to be kept safe in Christ, hidden in him in time of trouble. My heart says, seek Christ's face, My heart cries out, please don't hide your face from me. When darkness descends, when enemies attack, when I am left alone, friend I need is Jesus. The one thing I yearn for, the one thing I wait for, 
Jesus, let us worship. Amen. Our reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, the 13th chapter. It is a short reading, but an important one. As I'm going to talk about, I think it's one of the hidden gems in the Gospels. So open up to Luke chapter 13. We will start with verse 31. And if you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? Amen. Ooh, that was a good one. <clears throat> At the very hour that some of the Pharisees came and said to Jesus, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. But Jesus said to them, Go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet to today and tomorrow and the next day, I must be on my way because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones, those who are sent to it. How often I have desired to gather your children together as hens gather her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you. I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Amen. And let us join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn to you, Lord, this morning. And we ask, Lord, that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit. Bless us with your power as we worship you this morning. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. So our reading that we just read is an extremely short one, and yet, as I mentioned, I actually think it is one of the hidden gems in our Gospels. It's not one that comes up very often in our reading, and yet it is full of wisdom. So before we begin, I've got some questions to ask everybody here, and I want you to raise your hand if you can answer yes to any of these questions, okay? We just talked to the kids about truth. I want some honesty here. Don't worry, I'll be raising my hand as well. So raise your hand for me if you ever lose sleep because you're thinking about something that you have to do tomorrow or next week or sometime far in the future. All right, thank you for your honesty. So now raise your hand for me if you ever have a conversation with somebody and somebody says something to you and it just doesn't sit right, like you don't know if they were being mean or not, but it just doesn't sit right, and so you replay that conversation over and over and over again in your head. Anybody ever do that? Okay, thank you for your honesty. Raise your hand for me again if you've ever had to uh, have a serious conversation with somebody, like you knew that you had to sit down and talk talk to somebody or maybe even a group of people and maybe that conversation's like a month away but you replay that or you imagine what that conversation will be like in your head you think about that conversation and you imagine it in your head so often that it distracts you during the day because you imagine it it even wakes you up in the middle of the night as you're imagining how the conversation will go and then when you actually get to that conversation it goes nothing like you imagined anybody ever do that or is that just me okay Whew, thank god i'm not alone with that one okay so now now here's another one, and this one, I, I feel like this thing kind of thing happens with my 10-year-old a lot, but I think it still happens with us adults too. Have you ever had a mean person, somebody who's just a mean person, say something mean to you because they're a mean person, and you maybe have heard that Eleanor Roosevelt said, like, nobody can make you feel inferior without your consent, and you know that, rationally you know that, and yet that mean thing that that mean person said to you still eats away at you and you can't let it go? Anybody ever have that? Even though you know that the other person's just a big old meanie and you let it get to you anyways? Even if you know it's on them and not on you? Okay, good. So if you've raised your hand, did anybody not raise their hand at all? Anybody perfect here? Okay, I think we all raised our hand to at least one thing, if not anything. And I'm sure I could have brainstormed and we could have come up with a much better list. Those, as you can imagine, those are the things that I struggle with the most. I, I was speaking from experience there. But if you raised your hand to any of those things, then this small gem of a message that we just found in the Gospels is for you. So if you raise your hand today, I want you to pay good attention, okay? And I'm speaking to myself too. If any of us raise our hands, we need to pay good attention. So first, let's walk through what we just read. So what we just read was Jesus teaching in Jerusalem at the end of his ministry. This is at the very end of his ministry. And Herod is beyond annoyed 
at Jesus. Herod is the client king of Israel, so the Romans put him in charge of the Jewish people. You know, that's what they did, but, but Herod was only in it for himself. But Herod is beyond annoyed at Jesus because Jesus is creating commotion in Jerusalem because half of the Jewish people in Jerusalem are like gung-ho for Jesus. They're like, Jesus, he must be the Messiah. Like, we are ready to follow Jesus. We're ready to do anything that Jesus tells us to do. And then the other half are like, we don't really know what's going on here. We're used to following the priests and the Pharisees, and we're just going to keep on doing that. And then the priests are on one side, and the Pharisees are on one side, and then Jesus and his disciples and a bunch of others are on the other side. And there is turmoil in Jerusalem amongst the Jewish people. And King Herod knew that if Caesar heard about this turmoil, if Caesar heard that there was turmoil going on in Jerusalem, then King Herod was going to lose his job. But back Back then, when you were a client king and you lost your job, what do you think happened? <laughs> Did they just fire you and let you go on your merry way? No way. They went out and killed you. They got you out of the way if they didn't like what they were doing. So King Herod was scared, and he was a client king who was only interested in himself. He did not really want to serve the Jewish people, and so he was scared. So he started to plot with some of the others about how they could kill Jesus. He's like, that's it. It's either me or it's Jesus, and I'm going to make sure that it's Jesus who dies and not me. That's what King Herod was thinking. So King Herod started to plot for the demise of Jesus. But here's the interesting fact. Who comes to Jesus and tells him about this? Who is it? Who paid attention there? The Pharisees, exactly. The Pharisees are the ones who came and told Jesus about it. Some of the Pharisees. Now, a lot of times when we talk about the Pharisees, we assume that they were all kind of bad in our history book. We assume that they were all just jealous of Jesus and they were all working against Jesus. But the truth is that there were a couple of them. There were some of them who were really listening to Jesus and they're like, man, this guy might be on to something. Like, maybe we should listen to him. They were with their colleagues who were all jealous about Jesus, but then they'd, a smaller group would get together and they'd be like, well, maybe what Jesus is saying is the truth. I mean, we know this because Nicodemus, remember Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He snuck off to see Jesus in the middle of the night because he wanted to ask Jesus questions. By the way, if you don't want to be noticed, that's when you sneak off to see somebody in the middle of the night. He had done that. He was a Pharisee. So I think that these Pharisees who came to Jesus, my guess is that they were some of the, the good Pharisees. They had good hearts. They were interested in what Jesus had to say. And they heard about the plans that King Herod was done with Jesus. They heard about the plans that King Herod was ready to kill Jesus. And so some of these Pharisees snuck off. Some of these Pharisees went to Jesus and they're like, Jesus, we got something to tell you. King Herod's going to kill you. Jesus, we've got something to tell you. You need to get out of here. You need to run. You need to save yourself or King Herod is going to kill you. And this is the best, most non-anxious response I've ever hear, heard anybody say in my entire life. Jesus is just like standing there and he's like, you go tell that fox. Fox, by the way, is an insult in that time. You go tell that fox. I imagine a little bit of sass. I can't help it. You know, you go tell that fox, I've got work to do. You go tell that fox, I'm busy right now. You can kill me later. You can kill me later when they're shouting, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. You can kill me later. But right now, I've got work to do. I don't have time to worry about you, Fox King Herod. Could you imagine responding to somebody like that? 
Could you imagine if somebody just came and told you terrible news, like somebody wants you dead, and just being like, well, that's cool, but I've got work to do today. <laughs> like, that's cool, but I have stuff that I need to do today. I've got to heal some people. I've got to cast out some demons. I have to go out of the city, and I've got to go check on my friends. Like, I've got work to do. I'm busy. So we can chat about this later. I just love it. I mean, I'm always amazed by Jesus. Jesus is like my all-time favorite role model, as you can imagine. And I'm always amazed by Jesus. But his calm and his demeanor and the way that he doesn't let these words affect his present situation, it just amazes me. Because I know if somebody just like says something a little bit mean to me, they could be mean about my outfit. I don't know what it is. It could say just something a little bit mean, and it's going to ruffle me up a little bit. They could say just something a little bit mean, and I have a hard time staying in the present and not letting my mind go off. But Jesus, he's told that Herod is done with him. Herod wants him killed. Herod is so angry, and Jesus is like, well, that's cool, but I've got work to do, so I'm not going to worry about that right now. Now, I've got another story that I have to tell you, and this story is not about Jesus. This story is about an eight-year-old who lives in my house, and I need to put together a book of sayings that my eight-year-old has said. I have no idea how he comes up with what he says, but especially in this eighth year of his life, man, he comes out with some, some wonderful things. So I can't remember this whole entire situation. It was a couple weeks ago. And when Walter gets home from school, you know, he's got to go wash his hands, yet they still bring germs home from school, but he's got to go wash his hands and then eat his snack and then he sits down at the table and then he's got to do his homework. And sometimes his friend's over and they do that same exact routine and then they sit down and they do their homework. And I don't remember what had happened, but I think maybe his math homework wasn't in his folder, something like that. His take-home folder was empty. It didn't have any math homework in it. And you know, he's in third grade. He's eight years old. And at first I was like, well, Walter, what are you going to do? Like, what should we do about this? What are, you know... What if you need to have this homework? What are you going to do tomorrow if you get to school and you don't have your homework? I'm like trying to create stress. I'm being honest here. I'm apparently trying to create stress in my eight-year-old's life. And I think that was the situation. I could be wrong, but I remember what he said. He just turns to me and he goes, Mom, that's future me's problem. <laughs> and I was like, hold on. I was like, did you just say that's future you's problem? And he's like, yeah, that's future me's problem because here's the thing. My eight-year-old, in his wisdom of an eight-year-old where he doesn't allow things to stress him out, my eight-year-old realized that his homework wasn't in his take-home folder and there was nothing he could do about it. And you know what? He was right. My eight-year-old also knows that if something like that happens, he can deal with it in the future. So he, he clarified to me. He's like, yeah, well, if I get to school and I was supposed to have homework, then future me can deal with that problem. And I realized what a wise statement that was and sometimes us adults we create more anxiety we create more stress for ourselves than is really necessary sometimes I think at least I'm speaking from experience sometimes I don't have enough faith in future me sometimes I don't have enough faith that future me is going to know the words that I need to speak and you know what's crazy is that that Jesus tells us he says that the Holy Spirit will give us the words that we need to speak and I found that to be true time and time and time again and yet so often I don't know about you but so often I don't have faith that future me will know how to handle the situation with the guidance of the Holy Spirit does anybody else lack faith in future you? Anybody else? Just me? Okay. All right. So here's the thing. 
Jesus, Jesus got this. Jesus knew that he needed to worry about what was in the present. Jesus even said, let tomorrow worry about itself, for today has enough worries of its own. Jesus said that. Jesus knew that we need to do the work that is before us now. Jesus knew that we couldn't stress about possibilities of what was to come because we had to be present now. Jesus knew that that we couldn't lose sleep over all of the things that we need to do when we can be doing the things that we can do now. Jesus understood this. And of course, that doesn't mean that we should put off things that we can prepare for. Sometimes somebody might hear the sermon and be like, oh, I don't have to worry about anything that's in the future. Future me will deal with it. We don't want to put stress on future me. We just want to have faith in some situations that our future self with the guidance of the Holy Spirit can handle what our future self needs to handle. Jesus knew he was going to be killed. He knew it. He'd already told his disciples about it three times. It's like, they're going to kill me. I'm going to be killed. Get ready. Be prepared. It is going to happen. But he knew that he had work to do now. He knew that he had ministry to do, that he had healing to do. And the truth is, we have work to do now also. Tomorrow isn't guaranteed for any of us. Right now we have work to do. Right now we have love to share. Right now we have peace to spread. Right now we have to calm other people's anxieties. Right now we have work to do. And if we spend all of our time worrying about what future us will do and not having faith in future us, then we miss out on so much that we can do today. Now I've got one last thing. I really need to stop talking because you know I'm so afraid I'm going to lose my voice. One last thought for you as we're thinking about this. Now I don't know if you know this, but we're actually the only church in our entire association that has continued to grow within the last decade. Every single year we've grown, every single year our giving has grown, every single year our membership has grown, which means every single year we gain more people than we bury. We're somehow, I have no idea how, the only church that has continued to do that. No, it's all, we are do, all doing this ministry together. And, and so I, it's amazing, it's really amazing to see, but here's the thing, people always come to me, and I'm telling you this because it's annual meeting Sunday. People always come to me and they say, well, what's going on at Zion? What's your secret? (laughs) Like, what's your secret there? And I'm like, I don't know. All I know is that we're doing the ministry that we need to do today. We're not worrying about all this talk about future church decline. We are just doing the ministry that we need to do today. And that is what Jesus tells us to do. Do the ministry that we need to do today. Bless people who we need to bless today. Love people who we need to love today. Serve people who we need to serve today. Create peace in the world that we need to create today. Do the work that we need to do today. Don't be worried about things to come. Don't be worried worried about rumors of things to come. Don't be worried about the future. Instead, be present now and do the ministry that God has called us to do. That's what we do. It's awesome. And so let's learn from Jesus. And this is hard because I don't know about you, but I struggle with losing sleep. I love waking up at 2 a.m. and worrying about things. (laughs) 
Anybody else join me at those 2 a.m. wake-up calls? Mm -hmm. And then the worst part is, you know, those of you who are married, it's like I wake up at 2 a.m. and I try not to move around, but then you know what? Who do I wake up? Who's sleeping right next to me? And then or it's the other way around. He, so that's just what happens. But Jesus said, let tomorrow worry about its self today has enough worries of its own sometimes we need to look at that worry that future worry that's waking us up into at 2 a.m and say you know what fox go on your way because i've got sleep that i need to do right now you know what fox you can go worry and do whatever you want to do but i've got work that i need to do today somehow some way we've got to learn to be more like jesus maybe it starts with being more like my eight-year-old <laughs> future me will deal with that. And let's join in a moment of prayer. <clears throat> Holy and loving God, we turn to you today. And Lord, we first just say thank you for all the ways that you have continued to bless us and allow us to do your ministry as a church. Lord, we just say thank you. But Lord, we also just ask that you help us. Letting go of future worries is not easy. Not for our human brains. Not for our adult brains. So help us, Lord. Help us to be more like Jesus. Help us to put aside those worries and work on what we need to do today. Help us, Lord, to be focused on the ministry of now. And we pray this in every prayer through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. And friends, during the season of Lent, we are going to say sins instead of debts. So pray with us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Time. 
times we fall. So fall on Jesus. Fall on Jesus. Fall on Jesus. And live. Sometimes the way is lonely and steep and filled with pain. So if your sky is dark and pours the rain, then cry to Jesus, cry to Jesus, cry to Jesus and live. Oh, and when spills over and music fills the night when you can't contain your joy inside then dance for Jesus dance for Jesus dance for Jesus final heartbeat kiss the world goodbye and go in peace and laugh on glory's side and fly to Jesus fly to Jesus fly to Jesus and together. Gracious God, may this act of giving transform our hearts and our minds. May you bless these gifts and use them to do your will. Through Christ we pray. Amen.
Amen. Now, friends, go with the blessing of Christ. Go with the love of Christ and be a blessing to all, focusing on the work of today. Go and be blessed, but actually don't go anywhere because I would really like you all to sit down. I know after the, prelude, uh, the postlude, the choir and I are going to want to go take off our robes, and then we're going to meet right back here. For those of you worshiping online, you can jump over to Zoom. The Zoom link was emailed out. We're going to start up the Zoom right here. If you are not a member and you want to stay for the meeting, you are more than welcome to. I mean, if you want to see how congregational polity works, this is it. So uh, you are welcome to stay. Uh, the only thing is you can't vote. Um, but then all at home members, remember, I need at least 40, or we need at least 45 of you to stay and be present. That shouldn't be a problem. Uh, but yes. So sit. <laughs> Amen. Amen.